Hey friends, welcome to the Strangers in Common podcast. I hope this finds you well, and if you're not well, well that's okay. I'm always here for you. Before we jump in, I just want to say thank you to everyone that has listened, sent kind words, shared posts, whatever it may be. It truly means a ton to me. So let's get to know somebody that you don't. Today, that person is Kay. Kay, thanks for joining me. Hi, good morning. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing well. Nice chill Saturday. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. So we can just jump right in. We'll get let everybody. So I guess wherever you want to start. Uh, well, I... I know that's not so you can start <laughs> we can start with your childhood. We can start I know you got a couple kids, you can start with them if you want. Um, okay, sure. So I am a mother of two. Um, and that has probably this motherhood journey has probably been like the most eye opening. And it had me deal with a lot of things from my childhood more than anything else. Um, I've went through in my life. I grew up Christian in Ohio. Uh, my father's actually a pastor. <laughs> um, and my mother relocated to find a new church family um, in North Carolina. So that's a big part of my life, although I'm not religious anymore. But that that tends to happen. Yeah. So yeah, yes. Um so with growing up, so how long were you in in Ohio for before you moved to North Carolina? Well, um I actually I live in Colorado now. My my mother lives in North Carolina, but I Grew up in Ohio from the age of four, um, and I left when I was 22. Okay. So, sir, for pretty much my my entire childhood that I could remember and some of my young adult years. Gotcha. How was how is that like out there? I've I'll be honest. I've lived in Colorado my whole life, so <laughs> other states, you know, visit but not sure about. Um. So Ohio is, it's on the a different side of the country. Everything's a lot more relaxed um, on a, on this side or on the west side. So um, I was told when I first moved here that I spoke too fast. Uh, things are a lot more rigid. <laughs> you have, it's common, more common to run into strict parents there. That was just something that we all had in common. Um, a lot of us were forced to go to church. And even those that weren't religious. Um, a lot of the kind of like man-made respectability politics roles were like inherent in the culture there. Okay. So it makes sense. So with you not, with you not being super religious, um, did that, has it always been that way or was that because you were forced into going? Um, so I actually used to want to be a minister. I was very enthusiastic about religion. It, they really drilled it hard into me. However, when I started to pursue a discipleship um, with this this Bible school, they had asked me um, if I believed God was 100% good. And um, with all of the questions they asked, we had to use 
everything to justify our answers or kind of like mini sermons about justifying our answers. And for that one, I had realized that the the God or the divinity that I had come to believe in was not really reflected in the, the scriptures I was supposed to use as a tool to, you know, share the light with people. And right. from that question, I, I do believe God is 100% good, um, but I don't think the Bible reflects that. I don't think what's taught um, or what we're indoctrinated to believe um, as Christians reflects that. Um, and so from there, I just stepped away. And and I get that completely. I, I did kind of the same thing with mine. There was stuff I started to question and sent me on a completely different path. So I definitely, definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Um, so you, you talked about motherhood kind of shaping who you are now, right? Yes. Especially with your mom? Um, say that one more time. Or did I miss her? <laughs> um, it, it has helped me deal with a lot of things, especially with my mother. My mother, um, because my father, my parents were young. So my mother um, did most of the work. Um, they divorced early and she was pretty much on her own up until we were in high school um, okay. with raising us. So she just became just this really hard person. And she doesn't, she didn't emote well. And she still doesn't emote in a healthy way now. And um, now that I I have a family, um, I have children and I have a fiance marrying soon, um, being surrounded by love and support, I am struggling to adapt to it. I'm struggling to open up, be vulnerable and emote well, especially dealing with temper tantrums and things like that. Um, and trying to do the, the conscious gentle parenting thing where I'm not yelling, it's really um, shining a harsh light on all of the the unhealthy ways I've been conditioned to emote. Um, so because you didn't because you didn't kind of grow up with that conditioning, you said it's been difficult once you've so I know you, you met your fiance within the last couple of years. Um, I've seen you guys, your love grow. It's been amazing, by the way. So <laughs> Thank you. I've watched that. But I know before that you weren't super open to the idea, right? Oh, yes. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> so, So what kind of made you because you were you were very closed off you were very like that's cool for you but that's not cool for me kind of thing so what kind of changed that once you once you met your fiance um so i was actually doing a lot of inner work before i, I met him um so when i found out i was pregnant i did not want um any i really didn't want anything to do with um the the father unfortunately i just wasn't there mentally to to do a commitment to him or any any man I just didn't trust men on that level but right. I had already grown attached to my daughter so I just said okay I'm going to be a mother and instead of just coping because I've been I was coping all until then um so instead of coping I'm going to do some inner work to be the woman that she's going to to need to see um 
to blossom. Um, right. So that's when I had to come head on with a lot of um, my trauma, a lot because, like I said before, then it was just I was operating in coping mechanisms. I was operating as if I didn't think I was going to to be anybody to anything or live long. So I was being pretty careless in life um, on on the grand scale of things. I like, of course, I kept a job and things, but I wasn't relationships or, you know, dealing with people that really had no long-term potential um, and not really caring because I wasn't emotionally available for that anyway, but kind of isolating myself and just being like, why am I this way? What happened to make me this way? And what do I want my daughter to see? Um, uh, I... I just started to just change and I said, okay, I'm open to love, but if I am going to um, introduce my daughter to it, I want it to reflect what's going to be the standard for her. Right. And um, Paul wishes very intentional. He, when he first approached me, I did uh, reject him. I told him like, you know, I was a mess. Um, and I don't know if he wanted to be part of this, but I was just very flattered by him even being interested and instead he just built a friendship with me <laughs> um and we, we That's started sometimes there. the best <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was and especially in the, over these past years i'm so glad we um built that foundation first um but yeah and it i just it just fell i, I actually said i love you first oh wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> So knowing you, I know that's a big step. So, oh yes, it's huge, and he he still picks on me about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of jumping back to, towards your childhood, since, since your mom kind of was a single mother with that, and that's kind of what you what you knew, I guess, when you had your your first your daughter, right? Is the oldest. Yes. Mm -hmm. So did you find yourself reflecting your mother at first before you decided that you needed to grow or did you kind of push that away altogether? Um, I definitely um, saw a lot of parallels with us. I defaulted to her way of things, you know, just be, just being the rock, you know, and um my mother is really big on perception. So like, oh, you can't do this because other people are going to think this or that. And so not really creating um, the safest space for her because I was just so worried about what other people were going to think sometimes. Right. Um, and my mother was my only support system then. So as I was trying to push through that, um, there was just a lot of conflict between us because she felt as if I was saying she failed me. Um, and it wasn't that I was trying to criticize her. I just wanted to do things differently with my daughter. So there was, there's still a lot of friction on my approach because it's so different from hers. It's a constant internal battle for me, even with how I handle, um, how I handle money, how she dresses, um, how I style her hair like my mother got mine relaxed uh, because you know you know the whole taboo thing about black hair being black um, okay. that was a thing and my mother 
would always tell me even when I was pregnant you better not let that girl wear an afro things like that but I do <laughs> um and I still have to fight fight that you know and it and I wanted to get to a point where I'm letting her be her and it's it's not feeling like I'm making a statement it's just I'm giving her the space to her. I'm still I'm still working on that actively and it's it's I'll be honest it's an ongoing thing I mean I got four girls and you know the Honestly, I, I got some years on you, but um, the way we were raised, you know, it was the girls acted one way. And unfortunately, I took that with my parenting style at first. So it was like, no, you can't, you know, you can't wear spaghetti straps or, you know, it's this or that. So it's it's definitely heartbreaking those cycles. I know that. So. Oh, yes. Um, yes definitely addressing things hard I uh I went out there for a bit but now I don't <laughs> I feel um you know I I do burlesque shows and things but as far as my dress the way I dress it's starting to be a little more conservative but it's not be it's just it's just where I'm at it, it has nothing to do with respectability politics it's just where I am and so I'm just right. like oh how how am I going to make sure she's still comfortable expressing herself? Because this is how I, this is how my, I'm expressing myself now. Um, but I just overthink everything. I just don't want to limit her. I don't want her to feel caged in like I did as a child. Right. No, and I definitely, I completely understand that. Um, so with, with growing up out in Ohio, is, so out here, I mean, let's let's be perfectly honest in colorado it was it was mostly a white population um there wasn't a whole lot of people of color out here especially when i was growing up um in ohio was it was it similar was there more was there more of like a a community of people of color or um, yes, there, there definitely was more. We're the minority um, almost everywhere, but there definitely were more people. <laughs> um, and I think it helped that my parents were really religious. So we had two Black churches, access to two Black churches. Um, so there was a community within that. Um, I pretty much had a community with my people by default because of church growing up in poverty so I lived in the neighborhoods where my people were or in Colorado um the the percentage of us here is like less than half of what it is um in Ohio at least the parts of Ohio that I lived right and um I'm still struggling with connecting because I have to make an effort um you know because they are in certain places uh like Aurora and things and I don't I don't really want to be there. And it's not because of the people. I just don't like the area. No, I, um, I completely understand. I don't <laughs> think anybody wants to be in Aurora out here. So, I mean, it's a fair statement. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling with trying to, to build that um, so that she can see more people that look like her um, and live like her. Uh, it's, it's a struggle. I had tried to enroll her for this charter school that was going to be about that. It wasn't exclusively Black, but they were going to teach a curriculum that focused on um, like Black scientists and things like that. Okay. Um, I thought, okay, that was, that's harmless and could be really 
um, enrich enrichment like for her um, for kindergarten, but it, right. not enough people signed up for it. <laughs> so now I have to find a different way, but I don't want it to continue, continue to just be me um, teaching her because it makes it almost feel far away. You know, like I read books to her, we watch movies, I tell her about figures. Um, we have lots of talks when we're doing her hair. We watch other women on YouTube doing their hair, but I, I want something tangible for her, something that she can actually interact with. And that that's hard. That's really hard I, here. I can imagine. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I let's be honest, I, I can't imagine. So I don't, because I'm not in that situation, so I can't say, you know, yeah, here's this. Um, has has she struggled at all being out here or no oh no well i mean she's born okay. and raised here so this is her right. home uh but she she's doing amazing she's she's a cool kid in preschool apparently um <laughs> like they always love her clothes and love her hair and she is just full of love and enthusiasm like she's just such a She's a sweetheart. I always call her my my heart and Ezra my smile because my son he likes to make people. But yeah, Zola's just so so sweet. She's not struggling at all, um, and she is very very smart, and has already asked us a lot of questions about her her skin color, my skin color, um, Paul's skin color, her brothers. Um, so she she's initiating those conversations a lot but way sooner than i was i thought would or was ready for um right but it it seems to only just be elevating her and making her more confident and giving her more things to celebrate about herself um so what what were some of your biggest struggles while you were because you were obviously raising her as a single mom before you met Paul. So what were what were some of your struggles with that that you had? Um just believing in myself, uh <laughs> believing I could do this. Um and that's kind of what I zeroed in on. I I did not have much of a social life. Um and my only support system was my mother. Um, so trying to do things differently than the person the only person helping you is very it's very tense very strange um and so i i didn't i didn't go out my mother didn't have a life um when she first had us and was alone with us so she wouldn't really she wasn't really open to me doing anything other than working overtime so i i struggled to stay connected to the friendships I had built before I became a mother. And I still feel like I am starting at square one. And that does take a, that really does take a toll on your mental, your, um, your mental health. It really does feeling so isolated. Um, so I had to build myself up by writing fiercely in my journal and reminding myself of my mission and what I want for, for Zola. Um, and just really my so, mother was the hardest part because she was my only social circle then um and just trying to keep my sanity all those all those years was very hard 
I, yeah, that would definitely be tough. Um, so because you, because you kind of pushed away those friendships and stuff, maybe not even intentionally, just because you were so busy, do you find it hard now, um, kind of socializing with people? I, I know you're super active, obviously, on social media, but in person, do you find it harder to connect with people because of that? Um, yes and no. Um, so it's when I go out, um, it's like I never missed a beat. I, I can connect with people easily. It's maintaining that with with my schedule. Um, Paul and I have opposite schedules. I work in the day, he works in the night. And my mother moved to North Carolina. Um, so we only have like two babysitters. Um, so it's hard to maintain that to to keep that momentum and meeting in person is very difficult. I, I, I build all these great connections with people, all first impressions, and um, it's really just it's really hard to organize staying staying in touch and hanging out in person. That's the that's the challenge I have now. Okay, that that's fair. I mean we. Obviously, everybody has super busy lives and everything. So, especially as you get older, <laughs> it's not the it's not the hey, I work I work eight hours and then I got twelve hours to go play. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned that you did burlesque. Mm -hmm. So is that was that a one time thing? Is that something that you're pursuing? Is it? Just a hobby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you you know me. When we met, I was modeling. I am just always just dabbling in whatever people see fit for me. I um, I love expressing myself in different ways. And I I performed my first burlesque show in September. And Paul had wrote and produced a whole song for for that performance. And it was amazing. It was really fun. It didn't go perfectly, but I mean, what performance does, um, but I really loved it. And I got recruited at the beginning of this year to be part of a burlesque troupe and right. we're debuting next month. And I'm really excited about that. And we have a show lined up um, in May as well. So it might, it might be a recurring thing. I'm definitely pursuing it as such. Um, so it is. Mm -hmm. oh, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say it just allows me to be creative. And because it's so ahead of time, I can actually commit to it. Um, with it being creative and kind of that outlet, do you feel it's like an escape for you from from motherhood and from kind of everything you are? It's that, it's that little bit of different freedom than what you normally have? Yeah, Um Yes, exactly. It's kind of like my own little world where what I'm creating is is just for me. It's about me and just for me. I cook at home, so that's how I get my daily crea creativity fix, but it's okay. to serve everybody, you know? Right, um, I right. do arts, arts and crafts with the kids, but it's to help develop them. So this is kind of like my selfish, my selfish project. Um, and I really do enjoy that since I don't get something every day to myself. Um, and that's okay. That's the concession I'm making. They're in their formative years. Um, so that 
um, this performance, being able to pick out the costume, design the costume, go through, um, listen to music to discover what song I want, and dance is also helping me embrace my my new mom bod. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's beneficial on on multiple facets for me. Like just yeah, this is it's my newfound love. So let's talk about that real quick because I know you have really struggled with your body image since you've had kids. Oh, yes. Um, and that does stem from my childhood. Uh, my mother had, um, she was she was small like me before, before becoming a mother. And she had a few years where she got really big and she lost a lot of that weight. But she obsessed over it as a, as when we were children so it was all about eating in moderation which is a health definitely a healthy thing um right but it just kind of she had a complex and i always just because it was just how it was raised i never thought too deep into it until my body started to change and i felt oh maybe i'm not doing this right um and my mother for the first few years after as uh, my son was born she was still here so she or f- few months sorry she was still here and she'd be like it's okay you can get back you're gonna get back to your um to your weight because with, with my daughter i i walked out the hospital with just five pounds of baby weight oh wow and then and then that was gone <laughs> i think you remember when i came back in it did not look like i had um i right. had had a baby at all so after my son it i actually um ended up having more weight than when i was at my um heaviest with him and um that was just a struggle especially with her always telling me it's okay you can get back to it i believe in i believe in you and it took me about about um almost a year to say hey i'm not trying to get back to that I just want to, I want to pivot and try to have some healthy habits. That's all I want, are just some healthy habits. Um, because I am, I, I wasn't focused on anything but but my new family. Um, right. You know, I have fiance, a new child, um, and one that just keeps growing um, at the same rate. So that's all I was focused on. I'm like, I just want to focus on healthy habits and whatever my body is once i develop those healthy habits is healthy <laughs> um and i had to finally just tell her that like um because she kept t- she kept sending me things um uh, like sending me links sending me vegetables um okay yeah <laughs> it, it was getting really really bad um and you can you can only imagine how upset paul was because paul you know, it's telling me that I'm beautiful and my body just reflects all the, the love I'm pouring into them and that he knows I'm going to find what works for me. Like he, he believes in me, but, right. um, yeah, I had to break down and just tell her like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not focused on a size anymore. I just want healthy habits. Um, and that, sure. that is what I'm focused on. So at first, when she was kind of doing this stuff, did did it ruin your confidence almost? Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> um, 
morning brunch, we would go every Saturday to brunch with her and Paul would tell me how much the energy just shifted that, that morning. Um, because I was just, just full of anxiety seeing her and what, what worrying about what she was going to say about me. If I have enough makeup on, um, if my outfit's nice enough, if, if my daughter's hair is pretty enough, like just worried about all of these silly things when we're going to eat my favorite thing in the world, waffles. Right. I never uh, fully enjoy it. And every time we got in the car after we left the restaurant, it was like this big weight had been lifted off my shoulders because I was done. I didn't have to deal with that anymore until next week. Um, and carrying that was just, was just terrible. So when she moved away, it was really sad. But I realized I wasn't obsessing over over my weight anymore the way I was when she was here and I was seeing her every week I wasn't worried about that and I was actually starting to lose it <laughs> um yeah <laughs> so I was just like okay so the focus was wrong you know people say stressless in the belly or whatever I'm like so my focus was wrong I just need to focus on loving loving my life loving the life I built for myself loving my body as it is um and yeah i don't know if i'm really losing weight or anything now i just know that i, I like you're, you're <laughs> happy where I you're have. at right right how much how much has it helped you that that paul has been like so patient with it all oh it's it's i can't even find the words it's a, amazing um it I don't think I would have I really don't think I would have made it this far without all of his support and understanding and encouragement um I've I've never been with someone who has built built me up so much from an authentic wholesome place um I I've had you know other people like I've been in relationships with other people where they were building me up but it was you know a means to an end it was to get something um he he really just he sees so much in me um and I appreciate that because I I he he's amazing to me I see so much in him it's really hard to talk without bragging about him so for (laughs) for someone you hold at so highly holding you at that same level is everything it it's it's a dream come true that's awesome um because because of your past relationships where they kind of where you said they built you up but it was just it was basically to use you um was there was there like doubt in your head when he would do nice things like why why are you doing this like why are you (laughs) why are you being so nice um, <laughs> early on, definitely. <laughs> it, it took, it really took some getting used to, um, I, I won't want to pay for the, you know, pay for the date just to, to keep myself safe. And I would say, oh, you're just saying that because you're just blinded by love. And he's like, yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> he's like if you want to call me blind fine this is how i see um, right <laughs> and just really just really accepting that like yes of course it's going to sound 
glittery because that's how he that's how he feels about you um and it's been almost three years and uh, it's still the same and oh i didn't even realize it's been three years yeah almost it'll be three (laughs) um, on our wedding day (laughs) nice um what really made me stop and you know think about it is he he said but you say the same things about me and i'm like but i mean them because i love you it's like well (laughs) well (laughs) so you can't argue with that like you had a point there but um it it was difficult when you don't have that from the you know from childhood it's difficult when you're finding that it's it's almost unreal i get that (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That that kind of validation is is unheard of. Um, even even my my parents they they did their best to build me up, but um, I knew they were proud of me because they had something to tell their friends about, you know. And um, I feel like love should be about loving that person and not just how they serve you, like. What do you love about them that has nothing to do with you, you know? And with with Paul and I, we the list is endless. And that's again, that's that's amazing to hear because you know, like I said earlier, I I saw you. You know, we worked together, and I knew you when you were very standoffish towards people. You weren't really open towards people like it was <laughs> yep i'm here but that's all you're gonna get to know about me is that's it <laughs> so you <laughs> you definitely came a long way in in that short amount of time that we've known each other um what's Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's been probably your the biggest thing you've struggled with throughout your entire life? Has there been any one thing or is it just a combination of everything? Oh, that's hard. Um, I really just want to say it, it probably is. Uh, that's hard. It's a lot of things. Commitment has always been a struggle for me. Um, just, just feeling feeling good enough and feeling comfortable even in friendships I've just always struggled to feel completely safe with people um I get that and and I know I know that stems from my my childhood with with my parents um I've gotten no contact with both of them in my adulthood so like I know it's from that but yes relationships have been hard for me platonic and romantic um, my my entire life, um, that's the biggest the biggest struggle. So uh, Paul is definitely a testament to all of the work I've been doing <laughs> to rise oh, yep, above he that. <laughs> he's definitely <laughs> the MVP. So so what would he Paul's an accomplishment, obviously. Your kids are obviously accomplishments. What what else have you been super proud of that you've done that maybe you've kept to yourself? Um, my work. I'm really proud of myself at work. Um, I uh, I actually connect with my coworkers not not 
um, on an incredibly deep level, but I've built a lasting rapport with a lot of my coworkers. Um, my boss is my former boss is invited to my wedding, um, oh, yes. and that's helped elevate me a lot um, career wise. I I I don't know if you knew, but all all I ever wanted to really do was write training manuals <laughs> um, <laughs> at Dish and because of just the way I've just grown and kind of opened myself up, being comfortable with myself has allowed me to be comfortable with others. That is actually what I do now. Uh, but it's part of what I do. I do get to write our onboarding um, documents and it's oh, nice. from, from training virtually. So it's a whole new world. And I don't think I would have ever reached that if I was continuing to navigate the way I did you know, four or five years ago. Right. No, that's, that's definitely understandable. Um, so aside from, aside from marriage and obviously raising your kids, what, what do you want to do with your future? Uh, aside from my, writing training manuals. <laughs> I know. <laughs> with my future, I still, I still don't know. To be honest, um, getting old feels so good for me because I, Honestly, never thought I'd make it this far. Um, if you would have told sixteen-year-old me that I would, I would still be here and happy, um, she would have laughed in your face. I is that what she was destructive, right? Is that yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she <laughs> she was just convincing herself to make it for you know for her parents and um, her friends. But I, I actually find a lot of high highlights of every day now. Um, as far as what I want in the future, I don't know. I do I I do think I want to dabble back into writing a little more creatively. Um, and one thing I've been thinking that might be fun is event organizing. Um, okay. I like I have organized I haven't organized anything crazy but I just organized birthday parties and little things for the family and those are so fulfilling and now um, getting close with like the burlesque organizers that is also that's also been pretty fun um, so I think that's something I might want to um, to branch into a little bit more when my youngest is just a little bit older though right <laughs> a yeah little a little hard when you got when you got infants and toddlers and even sometimes teenagers running around <laughs> <laughs> um what would what would be the one piece of advice that you now would give that 16 year old k um, define things for yourself um, because that's what changed everything for me moving to Colorado being away from everybody really allowed me to start to do that define define what success looks for you define what um, what happiness is to you um, take a screenshot of what that feels like so you can always remember what joy feels like and paint your own life like just erase everyone else 
and paint your own life. I I was chasing I was chasing everyone else's my parents' dream for me, and self harming because I wasn't I wasn't living up to that at all. Um, but then when I finally embraced myself, um, I was proud of myself, and now my parents can't help but still be amazed um, about by where I am now because they they were doubtful they would even get to see me happy so yes right. define define things for yourself and so before we wrap up what would be what advice would you give <laughs> let's put it this way what advice would you give women looking for their Paul <laughs> um, don't look for him <laughs> that's fair uh, no, seriously, uh, don't look for them. And I know people really hate when I say this, but seriously, date and love on yourself. Because once you do that, that's the standard. The way you treat yourself is the standard that other people are going to fall in line with typically. Um, and and that's what I used to do. Like I used to buy lingerie for myself. I didn't have anybody, but I would just f- try to find ways to pour and love into myself. And that really changed the the pool of people that I even had the energy for. But and that's I, what I would and I think that's <laughs> I think that's actually really good because obviously with four girls, you know, I I try to tell them that same thing. They don't always listen, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's hard. It's easier said than done. Um, for for most people my mother never took relationships seriously so I never did but once I took my relationship with myself seriously that that made me available for for something real so that I will always say don't look for them don't look for them just focus on who you want to be and make choices with that align with that and and things will come and it's Things don't come by luck; they come with intention. So, if you're intentionally being the woman you want to be, um, or being the man you want to be, those opportunities are going to present themselves because you're going to be putting yourself in that path. Nice. That's that's awesome. I like that a ton. Um, was there was there anything else that you wanted to share before before we go, or you feeling good with everything? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't know. I, I can't think of anything else. I am just so grateful um, that you found my story worth um, hearing and broadcasting. Um, I love I love everything I've heard from this podcast so far. Um, so I'm just I'm just honored to be a part of it, and I hope that there are some gems that people can take from this. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. Well, thank you so much, Kay. I appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Okay. And that wraps up our time on this episode. Thanks everybody so much for listening. Remember you can find me on the socials. It's Sticko Podcast, S-T-I-C-O Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm sure at some point I'll be on the other platforms as well. You can also shoot me a message and email, stickopodcast at gmail.com. Send me some feedback. If you want to be a guest on the show, I'd love to hear from anybody that wants to reach out. 
So now hopefully we all have a little bit more in common. And until next time, be safe and don't be a stranger.